Good morning. Uh, good morning this Sunday morning at our church service. It's really good to have you with us. Um, uh, thank God. Thank God that you have made a commitment to join us this morning um, and to come and have fellowship. It's a different kind of fellowship. We all know that. Uh, you've been hearing a lot about that. It's a different kind of fellowship, but nonetheless, it is still fellowship. And as we've been sort of exploring or looking at God's presence, it's still very much there. Uh, and it's still very much uh, here today to want to speak to your heart wherever, wherever you are. And that's why we have fellowship. We don't have fellowship so that we can say that we've done something Sunday morning because, you know, we've been bored all week. We don't have fellowship for that reason. We have fellowship because we come to hear what God is wanting to tell us. What is God speaking to us about as a church? Even me. Even me. What is God wanting to speak to us this morning about? And we're fellowshipping with the Son. And we're fellowshipping with each other. And God's spirit is what we believe. God's spirit that is able to pierce all distance. There is no distance for God's spirit. You know, it's the person up the road from me to the person, you know, overseas listening. So it's, it's the spirit of God that is working this morning. So we thank God that you've joined us uh, this morning. I, I'm sure like you, I, I can't wait to go back. <laughs> I can't wait to go back to Sunday morning um, and just have fellowship together at the church and fellowship together face to face. But um, but until then, uh, until then, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep doing this uh, and keep having fellowship in, in this way. I had the very rare opportunity uh, last week to uh, I think all of, most places the most places I'm probably going to at the moment is the grocery shops. You know, that's, that's kind of like an excursion at the moment. Go to the grocery shops, um, and I had the um, the privilege, the blessing, uh, the rare blessing of bumping into someone from church. Uh, the other day at the shops. Actually, it's happened a couple of times. And, and um, it's just like, yes, someone's face. You get to see someone's face other than a screen. Um, and so it was, it's, a, it's a beautiful time to be together. And God willing, God willing, um, that won't, it won't be too, too long before that happens. You know, uh, we can come together. But please stay in contact. Please stay in touch. It's different. It feels different. Look after yourselves, but make sure that you stay in fellowship with the Lord and the fellowship with, with one another. This morning, I want to share with you um, some, some thoughts uh, from the Word of God, and I pray that it is a blessing uh, to you as well. And uh, But join us, join us as we... Uh, let me pray for us. Let me pray for us this morning and pray God's blessing upon you as you really open your heart and you listen to what God has to say. Please, 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 please try not to listen to me. Try not to see me as, as the person speaking. I know it's difficult because I'm on your screen but please, I pray this morning that you see that you're listening to the voice of God. You're saying, God, very simple prayer. God, what do you want to tell me this morning? What do you want to tell me through your word? So let's pray together as a church. Heavenly Father, it's difficult at times as we, as we work through these circumstances, but we know that you are sovereign. How we want to be with each other in fellowship, but it's not possible. But Lord, we pray that in these times, your Holy Spirit may work in every heart that is listening. Perhaps there's someone here, Lord God, for the first time. We pray, Lord, that you reveal your incredible love to them, your incredible truth to them, Lord, if they don't know you, Father. And Father, for anyone that's joined us this morning, I pray, Lord God, that you may speak your words of truth into their hearts, that you would hide me behind your cross, your most beautiful cross, so that they, all that they can see is Jesus and all that they can hear is the voice of God. Father, I pray this is not about us. This is not about anyone, Lord. It's all about you. And we pray your blessing upon all that is said and done this morning. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank God for um, what he's been giving us. The last few weeks I've shared with you different things. Um, a few weeks back I spoke about how much it is powerful to believe without seeing. It's powerful to continue to believe without seeing. And perhaps as the time goes on, that becomes more and more real to you. That is so important to be believing even when you can't see. Because sometimes you just don't know what's going to be happening. You just don't know the end to things. You just don't understand the surroundings. So to believe without seeing. And then we looked at uh, to know that he's there, that we're not alone, that we're not alone, that he is there. And not just he is there, so he's actually familiar with everything that's going on for us. And that is an incredible thing because there's no one, no God, no person, no king, no ruler who can say that, that they are acquainted with all your ways, even to the point they understand who you are because they have experienced this. And they have conquered sin and they have called you to do the same. And then last week we looked at the idea of holding on. Holding on because you don't need to go back to the old way. You don't need to go back to the old way. You can hold on and continue to live now a new, a life of a new creation. Hold on to this and press on, press on to the things that God has for you in him, in Christ, to the very, until the very end. And in some ways, in some ways, today's message is building on from last week in some, in some respects. It's kind of a building on from that. The need to hold on and to live out this life that the Bible describes as a, new, as a new creation. And in some ways, I'm going to try something probably a little bit risky, but I'm almost going to give you a study of a book in the New Testament in one sermon. Now, I promise you, God willing, it's not going to go on for hours and hours, but it's, it's just a little snapshot of this wonderful book uh, that I want, I want to kind of highlight and then emphasize that what God has called us to and how God accomplishes this in our lives. But I want us to stop and think for a moment. I want us to stop and pause for a moment and think, what are you really thankful for? What are you really thankful for? Just, just take a moment to think about things in your life. Think about, um, think about the people around you at the moment. You know, children, children. You look at your parents and your heart, you say, thank you, God. Thank you for them. Uh, uh, um, children, when you look at your brothers and sisters next to you now, do you say, thank you, God, for them? Thank you. Really thank you for them. You know, our parents, you look at your children and say, thank you. Friends, people, do you, do you, look, do you think about your friends and say, thank you, God, for your friends? Do you say, thank you for, for the work that you have, the, the fact you might still be earning an income? Um, uh, the fact that you, your health is okay. What are you, what are you thankful for uh, this morning? But I want us to think, and, that, and they're all very, very important things. We need to have a heart of thankfulness. It's really important as Christians because God has blessed us with these things. But are we thankful for the wonderful work that the Lord Jesus Christ did for us on the cross? Are we from the depth of our hearts truly thankful and understanding just the significance of what he did for us on the, on the cross. Because what he did for us on the cross, nothing else in history has ever come close to what he accomplished for us. And it takes us beyond who we are. It takes us out of our own slavery. It takes us out of our own, um, our own human efforts. And it brings us to a place where truly in Christ, we are a new creation. And you know what? There is something incredibly beautiful about this that we are allowed as Christians to boast about. Did you know that? And so this morning in some ways, what I'm asking you to do is this. I want you to know how to boast. I want you to boast. 
I want you to understand that as a Christian, there is such a thing as boasting. But the boasting of the Christian is very, very different to the world. It's a very, very different kind of boasting to the world. The world will boast about so many things of its own achievements, how much they've earned, how much they have, where they've been, who they are, well, the ladder they've climbed, you know, and they, they, they boast, you know, how great their, their school marks were, how fantastic their ATAR was. And they boast about so many things. And yet, in all these things, the greatest thing, the Christian, the Christian is called to boast about something that far, that passes these things by far. They are called to boast in the cross. This is, the, this is, this is what Paul says about himself. He says, you know, if I'm going to boast in anything, I'm going to boast in the cross because there's something incredible it's not a celebration like the world it's not like how the world celebrates a boast it's different there is this boasting that happens because there is an undeniable power working in our life because we've understood that the cross we've come to a place ourselves of crucifixion a crucifying self that now god is slicing away every sin in our lives and this beautiful work of the cross in our lives causes us to rejoice and to boast while the world looks at us and laughs. Even the church, even churches look at this and laugh. They say, oh, you, you're going too far. It, it's, it's, it's too much. You know, relax, take it easy. It's not all about overcoming your sin. It's all, and and they, 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 they look and they even mock. That's all right. That's all right. Because the Apostle Paul says, listen, there's one thing. There is one thing I want to boast about. And that is the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because because of the cross, I have been crucified to the world and the world has been crucified to me. All the thoughts and the actions and the attitudes of this world that is offensive to God and that hurt other people and that hurt myself, he goes, I have been crucified to these things. And now I celebrate, I rejoice, I boast, not in what I can do and all my human efforts and all the human glory because the Apostle Paul understood just how dangerous and just how deceptive human effort is. He understood that you can get into a mindset, even the church, because this is what happened in Galatians, even the church, you can get into a mindset that says, boy, I'm doing well. I'm doing good. And all of a sudden, we no longer learn the power of overcoming sin because we have claimed somehow that we are good in what we do. And Paul says, no, enough. I boast only, not in traditions, not in works, not in the things that I've done, but I boast in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ because it works in my life in such a powerful way that I've crucified the flesh and its passions and its desires that all sin is sliced away, that I become now like Jesus in my life. This, he says, I want to boast about. This is worthy to be boasted about. This is the new creation because now I live my life not for my old habits and my old sins, but I live my life now for the King of Kings. This is worthy of boasting for. So this morning, friends, brothers and sisters, I want you to learn how to boast. But you can't boast if this is not your experience. This, this, if your experience is one of, you know, you talk the Christian talk, but then you're still wallowing in your sin, you can't boast. You can't claim 
to be someone who's a Christian and then therefore wants and continues with habitual sin or sin that is habits in your life or sin that you find uh, you want to keep going back to. You can't boast. Boasting happens when the Lord Jesus Christ cuts it from your life and you think, wow, Lord, this is the power of the cross. This is beautiful. The other day I was walking out of a, a grocery shop. I was walking out and it was nighttime. Um, it was like a supermarket thing, nighttime. And I looked at this church that was all pitch black. This church was all pitch black. But in the, above the church, they had the cross lit up. Beautiful. It was just beautiful. I thought to myself, wow, isn't this beautiful? The cross is all I want. It is life. It is life. It transformed my life. It changed my life. And this morning, my friends, this morning, if your life is in a place where you know you are unhappy, it's troubled, it's frightened, it's muddled. And now this morning, I'm telling you this morning, there is something that you can come and boast in. And that is the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, because it will turn your life around. And I want to share some thoughts for you this morning, to you this morning about this. But think about this morning. How many people know the parable of the lost sheep? I'm sure you've read the parable of the lost sheep. You know, I'm sure you've probably heard about it at church before. Children, you may have heard about it at Sunday school. Remember the story when so many sheep were with their, their shepherd and then one poor sheep wanders off, gets lost, gets lost. Now, the shepherd doesn't turn around and say, oh, doesn't matter. It's just one sheep. It's a big deal. I've got 99 here. That's pretty cool. You know, no, the shepherd didn't say that. The shepherd had so much care for one sheep that he went and looked. He left the 99, the Bible says, and he went and looked for that one sheep that was lost. How incredible is this love? How incredible is the love of God to leave and go seek one sheep? Now, listen, when the sheep saw the shepherd uh, and the shepherd found the sheep and the, sh and the sheep was, was, was on the shoulders of the shepherd coming home, could the sheep, if the sheep could talk, could the sheep say, oh, aren't I good? Aren't I good? I was, it was so clever of me to leave the navigation system on so the shepherd could find me. It was so good that I, I, was, I was making sounds so he could hear me. Could the sheep really boast in anything that the sheep did? Could the sheep turn around and say, I was, it was so clever of me that I, I was able to find a way of um, standing out in the midst of everything else that was around me? No. The sheep could not boast about anything. All the sheep could humbly say and do is, Lord, thank you. Thank you, you came and found me. Thank you that you restored me. Thank you that you reconciled me. Yeah. And so the Christian today does the same thing. The Christian today says this, I was lost. I was in the depth and the, and the horror of my wicked, sinful ways. And the Lord Jesus delivered me out of this. And if you can't see the chains you're in, if you can't see the chains you're in, then it's not because they're not chains. It's because you're deceived. You're, you're blinded from these chains. And so the Lord Jesus Christ this morning wants to speak into your heart. And I want you to answer, I want you to think about, are you, are you happy with where your life is at? Are you... Are you uh, a, 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 peace of where your life is at i want you to think this morning do you have do you have um, a heart that is feeling broken this morning do you have a heart that's feeling broken your, your heart is broken from the things that you've done maybe the things that people have done to you maybe or do you have a life that you, you you're in a constant place of being frightened about things maybe feeling vulnerable about things you know you're feeling in that place this morning so the cross becomes for you life it becomes for you hope. 
It becomes for you the only thing you can boast in because other things aren't going to always work for you and people aren't always going to work for you. Is your marriage in trouble at the moment? You know, are you too embarrassed to admit that things just aren't going well? Are you too embarrassed to say that we're just not getting on? There's a constant battle going on here. Um, is your marriage not in a good place? And, and so this morning, the hope for you is that the cross is, is something that you can boast about. There's something that can reconcile and restore uh, and, and, and heal that thing which, which is uh, in a place of brokenness. And you're seeing that things might just be too hard for you to do. So this morning, the cross is what I want you to boast about. I want us to leave this place saying, I can boast in the cross of my Lord Jesus Christ. So let's go to Galatians. Let's go to Galatians. chapter. We're going to start from chapter 6. I want to read this verse, these couple of verses for you, so you can see what, what Paul is saying. Read, read it for yourself. And then we're going to go straight back to chapter 1. Uh, and I'm going to show, I'm going to just take you through a little journey of this book, just very briefly, briefly through those verses. So Galatians chapter 6, if you want to open up your Bibles, please. Um, if you've got your Bible in front of you, if you've got your phone in front of you, uh, whatever you're using for your Bible, please try and stay focused. I know with phones, they can be distracting sometimes um, because other things are, you know, are, are beeping away. But, but Galatians chapter 6, um, um, verse, and verse 14 and verse um, 15. Verse 14 and verse 15. The Apostle Paul says this, But God forbid, but God forbid, that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. Now, Paul was wrestling with this, with the whole book of Galatians. He's wrestling with the people that wanted to try and perfect their faith by human effort, human traditions, uh, uh, self-glory, um, 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 the, the, the power of doing things yourself. And he knew, I believe Paul knew, the danger and the deception of glorying in human effort in glorying in something that you think you have done and you think is going to somehow please God, that somehow is going to find peace with God. But at the same time, you are still caught up in your old ways. This is not good. This is not Christianity. This is not a new creation because circumcision, the works, or uncircumcision doesn't avail anything but a new creation, a new creation where the Lord's Holy Spirit works in our lives that the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ has undeniably crucified the flesh in us. So now we live like Jesus. This is a new creation. And we do this by faith. We do it by a surrender. We do it by a complete and absolute laying down of our lives before the Lord. And we experience this. And when we experience this, and even if the world laughs, and if the church laughs, I boast, praise the Lord, I boast. Because nothing has the power to do this but the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. When Paul says the word boast, it's an interesting word. The word boast is when you, um, it's, like a, it's like when you're kind of lifting up your head up high. You know when you lift up, if someone's got their head down, they're not feeling too good about things. But when someone lifts up their, if someone says, lift up your head, come on, lift your head up high. And there's this feeling of confidence. There's this feeling of sense of, of um, yes, it's possible. You know, and so, 
And so this is the word Paul is talking about when he talks about the word boast. Lift your head high. Lift it up. Lift it up because the cross is good news, my friends. The cross is the power of God to change your life forever. And even when things seem too, too hard and impossible, impossible, it's the cross that makes it possible. Remember the man that was caught in the grave? He was, he was a troubled man and he was in the grave and, and they used to put shackles, they used to put chains on him, he'd break the chains. And nothing man did could do to tame this man. He was a very, very troubled man until Jesus met him and Jesus delivered him. He delivered this man from what people thought was a problem and people thought was too hard. Now, listen, people might look at you and say, oh, here's that problem, kid. Maybe. Maybe at school. People might look at you and think, oh, there's so-and-so. You know, he's such a problem kid. You know, or people might look at you in the workplace and they might look strange at you and think, oh, he's the Christian. You know, he's the Christian. Whatever it is, it doesn't really, really matter. Whatever people see in you, whatever they see about you, the Lord Jesus Christ transforms you into the image of his son, into himself. And so if, if, they, if you, you are feeling like it's all too hard, bring it to Jesus who delivers. If you are living a life like Christ and you're being laughed at, boast, rejoice, because this is the work of God in your life. In fact, the Bible goes as far as saying that sometimes, sometimes it's actually very risky when all people do is speak well of you. That's actually, it's actually a risky place to be that all, if all you get around you is people saying, oh, what a great guy, what a fantastic guy, because something must not be going right because something in your life is not pricking their conscience. I'm not saying everyone's going to turn around and say, oh, there's that guy. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to love who you are. But if you're always getting that, it's actually quite, it's, 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 I would say it's a dangerous place to be because you need to evaluate yourself and think, what's going on? If everyone thinks I'm okay, you know, and I've got no one who is pricked against what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so the, this is the cross of, of Jesus. And so um, um, Paul says, this is what I want to boast about. I want to lift my head up high. I want to lift it so high that there's this confidence. So young people, listen, when you're being um, ridiculed for your faith, and they might say, oh, you don't get it. You don't get it. You know, you're just young. No, lift your head high and say, look, I get it. I get it because this is a spiritual battle. Listen, young people, this, the Christianity is not an intellectual battle. It's not because you know, your brain needs to form and somehow you, become, you get your own opinion as you get older. No, Christianity is a spiritual battle. And if the Lord has enlightened you at this age, consider yourself blessed. Consider yourself privileged because now you can boast as you spare yourself from many, many of the problems of this world because the Lord has called you from such a young age. And so this is something worthy to be, to be boasting about. And the Apostle Paul, he was helping a church that was struggling in its deception of human effort and human glory. If I can just do things better, if I can do more good things, if I can um, go to more conferences, if I can, more Christian conferences, if I can just, you know, watch more Christian movies or videos or read more Christian books or give more money away and all these things that people think, if I can just do more. And Jesus says, no, come to the cross, lay down your life, give up everything about you, surrender who you are and allow the cross to crucify the flesh with all its passions and desires and then experience the undeniable power of God to slice away sin in your life. This is 
something to glory in. This is the shining cross above that church, not the darkness beneath, beneath, but the shining cross of the church. So if we go back now and look at chapter chapter one, and I'll, I'll, I'll promise I'll go through this very, very briefly. In, ch- in chapter one of Galatians, just to give you a bit of a background to what Paul is, is, is um, experiencing here as he writes this letter uh, to the church. In, in chapter one, verse 10, the Bible says, for do I now persuade men or God? Am I trying to persuade men or God, he says? Or do I seek to please men, he says? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. And he's, trying to, he's saying something very, very important here. If I want to please Jesus, I cannot also try and please men. It's not going to work. Someone is not going to be happy with me. There is always going to be someone who is not going to be happy with what you're trying to do for God. And so listen, you cannot live for Jesus trying always to please men, women, people, other people, colleagues, friends. You can't do this because at the end of the day, who is your Lord? It's Jesus. Who died for your sins? It was Jesus. Who delivers you from your bondage? It's Jesus. Who heals your marriage? It's Jesus. Who who gives peace to a troubled life? It's Jesus. And so this is the one and the only one you need to concentrate on pleasing. You can't please Jesus and try and please. Otherwise, you can no longer be a bondservant for Jesus. You can't be a servant for Jesus if all you're trying to do is to please man, whether in what you do or in what what you believe. Look at Galatians chapter 2 now. Galatians chapter 2, verse 17. He says to the church again, But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are also found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? God forbid. God forbid. He says, listen, this is really interesting. He goes, listen, you know, we talk about justification. We talk about Christians being justified by Jesus. He says, listen, if I want to be justified by Christ, but then my life still represents sinful ways. He goes, is Jesus a minister of sin? God forbid. Because what he came to do was to crush the power of sin, was to free you from the bondage and the chains of sin, was to deliver you from those things that are offending God, hurting people and hurting yourselves. He he came to actually heal the things that are getting in the midst of your marriage. Because sin is damaging it. He goes, I can't claim to be justified by Jesus. I'm I'm a Christian. The blood of Jesus covers me. I'm justified. And then my life is doing things that are uh, against or offensive to the things of God, the way I speak to my wife, the way I treat my children, the, the, what, I, what I watch when no one's watching me, what I do when no one's around. That's not the things of God. The things of God is freedom in Christ, freedom to be. So he says, I can't, I, I, um, I um, can't be justified by Christ and to be a minister of, uh, and then try and do my sin, because he's not a minister of sin. Now look at chapter 3, verse 3. Chapter 3, verse 3 says, Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? It's like if a parent says to a child, you know, um, you need to clean your room. 
you need to clean your room. I don't know, children, the parents, um, I don't know, your mum or dad ever told you this before? You need to clean your room. It's time to clean your room, you know? And the child thinks, ah, oh, okay, I need to clean my room, all right? So what I'll do first, I'll first I'll mop the kitchen, um, uh, and then I'll um, and, and then I'll, I'll take some laundry from from into the laundry. I'll, I'll, I'll do some dishes, and the parents looking. You think what are you doing? I asked you to clean your room. <laughs> Why are you doing everything else? That's not that's not what I asked you to do, you know. And and perhaps, oh, but I thought you know this would be really good because you'd be really happy if I did. No, I want you to do this, and this is what I'm asking you to do. And so here are people who are trying to perfect faith through the flesh. They were trying to do things, adding to their ways, trying to, to live a life that was somehow pleasing to God. And yet at the same time, they kept um, uh, dabbling, dabbling in the works of the flesh. They could not let go of what God was really asking them to let go of. I need you to flee from your sin. I need you to flee from the old habits, your old ways. You are a new creation. Don't, don't keep your old habits and then just keep adding work upon work upon work upon work as if, this, as if it's going to get so big, God's not going to see the sin underneath. He's going to still see it. He's going to still see the things you're doing. Don't try to hide it from God. Have you ever tried to hide your sin from God? It's, it's even a ridiculous concept. God looks and says, I see it. I want to deal with it. This is the cross. This is how beautiful it is. Head up. I want to deal with this. I want to, I want to free you once and for all from this. I want you and to know that it's my work that's done it in you. That's my work that's done it in you. And he says to them, you can't, you can't start in the spirit and then complete it in the flesh. And then verse, and then if we jump to chapter five, uh, jump to chapter five, you'll see um, verse 16. Um, he says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Ah, now we start to hear some of the real beautiful ways that now God is calling his, his children to how to live. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the ways of Jesus. Walk humbly. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because there's a problem here. You want to be circumcised, you don't want to be circumcised, you want to do this, you want to do that, you want to be good, you don't want to be good. You, you, want, to do, you want to try and add to all these things, because, but you've got a problem. You've got a problem. The works of the flesh keep manifesting themselves, and it's not good. And that's why he talks about the works of the flesh here in verse 19. He says, but the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery. Now, you, this isn't a list to say, Oh, we got you. We caught you out. This is this is you and God. This is you and God. Because at the end of the day, this is not the cross. This is, you can't boast in these things. What you boast about is when you look back and you think, "Wow, Jesus, Jesus freed me from these things because I laid down my life for Him. I denied who I was, and undeniably, He has worked in me." Yeah, and so so he says these are the works of the flesh. But look, you know, maybe we can just pause and reflect on them. You, you reflect on them for a moment. Is, does this reflect you? Do you need the cross this morning? Do you need to boast in the power of the cross and whom the world is crucified to you and you to the world? Because there is a problem in your flesh, and it's this adultery. Whether you're doing it or whether you're thinking it, it doesn't really matter. It's adultery. Fornication, yeah, that's sexual immorality. Whether you're do doing it or whether you're watching it or whether you're thinking it. 
um, <clears throat> uncleanness, lewdness, which is again this, this this sensuality that sometimes I think my understanding is has no boundaries. Idolatry, things you love more than God, idols. This is really important that I need to have this more than God, whether it's my reputation, my fame, my money, my, my friends, um, uh, the way people think of me. Sorcery, hatred, having a heart that's in a position of, <clears throat> of hating, contentions, always being a contentious person. Are you a contentious person? Are you the sort of person who's always, you know, always having a go at something? Now, jealousies. Are you jealous? But outbursts of wrath. I'm not going to. I'm not going to spend too much time on these things. Outbursts of wrath, where where you just can't hold yourself. You know, something triggers you. Something something pricks you, and all of a sudden you you you're yelling out. Uh, selfish ambitions. You know, you're happy to. You know, it's one track mind. I'm, I want I want my way, and if anyone's getting in the way, it's like get out of the way. It's it's, it's my way. And and children become a an inconvenience. Selfish ambitions not just children, other things as well. Dissensions, always having this divisiveness about who you are. Heresies, envy, murders. Now, murders isn't just the physical murder, but it could also mean the hatred in your heart towards someone. You know, you're all very nice and polite, and then you walk away thinking, who's that? You know, I don't really like that person. That's not right in the eyes of God. That's what the cross frees you from. This is why we can boast in the cross. Um, um, drunkenness. You know, you know, you know what that means if you've experienced this. Revelries and the like. And he says, and of which I tell you before in times past, and those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so he says, this is not the cross. You know, you're trying to add good works upon good works upon good works, and yet you still struggle with these things. What you need to do is boast in the cross, come to the cross, come at the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, I need you. Free me from these things, and then I boast in the cross and the cross alone. And that's why he says later on, further down in that chapter, and for, verse 24, and for those who are Christ, that's us, that's Christians, genuine faith, he says, they have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. And this faith, beloved, listen, this faith sets you free because this faith demonstrates a selflessness before the Lord. Just like earlier on, it says, I think in Galatians 3, it says, um, for Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness because Abraham's faith didn't say, yeah, I believe God. All right, um, my son, we're staying here. No, he believed God and so he took his son up to be sacrificed. This was the faith lived out. This is what he could boast about. And God said, ah, this is righteous. This is righteous. Do you understand? And so this is the faith that God is wanting us to, to um, live out. So if you go back now to chapter 6, if you go to chapter 6, and you'll see um, that Paul is, is uh, now wrapping it up. He's wrapping it up. He says in verse, uh, verse 7, he says, Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. <laughs> don't, think, don't think God's mocked. Listen, you're not going to trick God. You're not going to turn out and say, oh, you know, God, he'll, you know, he's understanding. No, God is not mocked. God is not mocked. If you sow something, you'll reap something. And boy, don't we know that experience. If we sow something, we're going to reap something in the spiritual and in the natural. Yeah, he says, God's not mocked. 
Whatever a man sows, that's he also going to reap. For he who sows to his flesh, he's going to reap corruption. And he who sows to the spirit, he's going to reap everlasting life. And this morning, my friends, the message is this. Come to the cross of Christ because this is the only thing that you're able to boast about. When you feed this, you will reap everlasting life. You will reap everlasting life. And then that's why, that's why he says, and I'll, and I'll, I'll begin to wrap up here. That's why he says in verse um, um, 12, as many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh. Now, is this starting to paint a better picture? Because all along, he's addressing this issue of outward things, looking good outwardly, trying to please God with outward behavior, thinking if I can just do more of these things, God is going to be happy with me. But no, while all along, inside, you can't stop your sin. This is what he's saying here. um, They desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised because that's what they want. They think this is the way to do it. Only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ because they know if they do this, you know, people aren't going to hassle them anymore because they're kind of fulfilling the law. You know, they're doing what has to be done. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision fails anything but a new creation now. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. Because in all your pursuit of this peace, in all your pursuit of this mercy, all the things you think you should be doing more and more of is not going to to help you attain this until you come to a place of giving up self for the sake of Jesus, the Saviour. And you come to the end and, and there is a suffering, but then there is a blessing because we begin to boast in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you, just before I wrap up, let me give you some examples of, of people who, who really depend, who take a lot of uh, pleasure in, 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 in the outward things or in the things that are still of the flesh. Listen to some examples here. It's people who, who like to look at the good things that they have done. <clears throat> they like to look at the good things that they have done. They look at the good things they've done and they think, whoa, <clears throat> I'm good. I know, I'm pretty good. Like, you know, I, I do this, I've done this, I help this person, I, I go there, um, um, you know, I'm able, to, I'm able to make this person happy, I give them what they need, and they look at the good things that they've done and they find somehow a false reassurance, a, 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 a deception that says, God, surely God is happy with this because look how many good things I've done. And they don't realise that it's got to be the grace of God working in you. It needs to be the grace of God working in you. It's got to be God's grace working far deeper than the good things. It's got to be the grace of God working deep within you, setting you free from those things that hide themselves that nobody can see. Here's another example. People who like to listen to other people praising them, but they don't like the idea of other people being praised. (laughs) It's like, you know, oh, I like when someone praises me, but... Oh, so-and-so just got praised. Oh, I don't like that. You know, and, and it's this idea of somehow it's, it's twisted. 
it's twisted because this the whole idea of it reveals who we are as people. We love the praise of people, but then when someone else gets praised, we get jealous. What is that? How do we understand that? Our nature at work, our nature trying to, to work. And yet for the Christian, when God works his incredible love in our hearts and sets us free from jealousy, what begins to happen is this. We experience undeniably now a, a desire for our, even our enemies to be blessed because we love them so much. And so we experience, we boast in the cross. We even want our enemies. Have you prayed for your enemies? Lord, bless them. Bless them. Give them what they need. that They may come to know you more and more. Bless them. Help them to experience the incredible blessings of God on their life. Here's another example. Uh, we think more highly of ourselves than we should. <laughs> we think, we think more, ourselves more highly rather than realizing that we are recipients of the love of God. We haven't gone somehow and accomplished this ourselves with the strength of our hands. Remember in Corinthians, it says, it talks about how God chooses the, the, the feeble things of this world in order to uh, reveal perhaps the glory of God. And therefore he says, if anyone's going to glory, let him glory in the Lord. Let not the strong man glory in his strength. Let not the strong man say, oh, look at strong man. Let not the, the man with money glory in his wealth. But let all the wise man in his knowledge, but he who glories, let him glory in the Lord that he knows him. Is that beautiful? That he knows him. Not knows him in his head, but knows him with his whole life. There's an experience. He's like Mary at the feet of Jesus, wanting just to listen as it comes from the mouth of Jesus, because there's, there's this intimate relationship between us and the Lord. We are recipients, beloved, and we, we need to learn to be in a place of understanding that we are recipients of the grace of God that is working in us. Listen to another one. We compare ourselves with, they, they compare themselves with other people. It's a real human trap to say to yourself, whoa, you know what? I'm not too bad because look, I'm better than that person. Oh, I'm better than the person who's doing this. And all of a sudden we compare ourselves to other people and God says, stop, stop, stop comparing yourselves. Because the only person that you should be comparing yourself is to is the Lord Jesus Christ. In this case, Christ is enough. And if you're going to compare yourself and, and somehow not see, not see what is going on in you, then it's foolishness. It's foolishness. You judge them for their behavior but you're doing the same thing yourself or like the same thing yourself. You guys, you've got to stop. These people also want to be, they want forgiveness, but they're very quick to be critical of other people. They want forgiveness. You know, they love being forgiven, you know, but then they're critical of other people. Well, no, when the spirit of God works in your life, what happens to the person of God, when the spirit of God, the person who boasts in the, in, in the cross, no longer becomes critical of people, but learns the power of forgiving 70 times seven. And even if someone continues to continue and do these things in their heart, they have the power of the cross to forgive 70 times seven. This is the power of the spirit of God. This is the God working in the hearts of, of, um, of the believer. <clears throat> this is the other thing about these people. They're, they're very good when they're being watched. <laughs> they're very good when someone's watching them. But when no one's watching them, uh, it might be a bit different. It's like children <clears throat> and they're playing in the backyard and, uh, 
and, and the father's watching them play in the backyard and they're, and they're doing all the right things, they're playing, they're playing well. And then the father goes inside to get something and all of a sudden the older brother gets the run, does this, and, and then his dad comes down and it's like, I better stop. What is that? What is that? Now, of course, we don't, we don't do this, but we do other things, thinking to ourselves, we're not, it's okay. Somehow we're, we're in a safer space, you know. But no, this is only revealing the struggle in your heart, the battle in your heart, the, the, the chain around your heart. And if you really think about it for a moment, you will, you will be honestly say to yourself that I don't want this anymore. What I want to experience is the power of the cross. I want to come before the foot of, feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, I've had enough. I've had enough. Now, this life, there is life in the cross and there is something about my experience that's not experiencing this life. There is life in the cross. These people, um, what ends up happening is they accept, they somehow learn, and it's very, very dangerous, they somehow learn to balance a life that is good with a life that still experiences sin. And they balance this. They, 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 they kind of accept that this is a, a normal balance now of life. And, and, and Paul is saying, no, listen, I boast only in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, whom the world is crucified to me and I to the world. Is there a difference between good people and being good enough? Absolutely. <laughs> you can have a lot of good people. You can, you can have a lot of good people doing good things. But that is very different to being good enough. Good enough before the eyes of God is not about being good enough. You know, good enough in the eyes of God isn't about trying to do, to do more things. Being um, good enough in the eyes of God is coming to the foot of the cross and experiencing power. Firstly, the power of God justifying us and cleansing us from our sins and the power of God to work in our lives deep within us when everyone else can't see what is going on. And it is an offence. It is an offence to unbelievers because they can't, especially if they cannot see their chains. If someone can't see what is going on in their life, and you're living this life, it can be an offence to them. That's why sometimes we are a fragrance of death, the Bible says, and a fragrance of life to other people. To those who can't see the chains around their heart, to, to them, you, you could be an offence to them. You, you, you might be a stench to them. You might be something that they're not interested in. But to those who are hungry, and I speak to you this morning, to those who are hungry, to those who want their lives turned around, Christianity isn't weak. The cross isn't weak. The cross isn't powerless. The church has made it powerless, but the cross isn't powerless. So those who are of a broken heart this morning, because sin, sin is damaged, but, but intrinsically it's damaged, it's broken. There's been maybe relationships, there's been uh, maybe situations or decisions you've made. For those who with a broken heart, for those who, who live with fear, a, a frightened life, a vulnerable life um, for, for, for relationships that are on the rocks that aren't working, um, for, for people that are, are convincing themselves that this is all too hard, God, this is too hard for God. You know, this is where the cross is life. And we look up when we see the Lord Jesus Christ and we see him in his power and we see him in his glory and we hear a beautiful thing that Jesus says is his come. Come to me, all those who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. I will I'll not only justify and cleanse you, but I'll set you free from the things that continue to burden you. And so like Abraham, Abraham believed God. 
and it was a canteen for righteousness. And this morning, I want to pray for us. I want to pray that what your experience is, is experience of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, the power of the cross, and that you and me, like the Apostle Paul, boast in nothing else this week and the rest of our lives, boast in nothing else but in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. All your human efforts, all your good works, all the things that you think somehow is going to give you some place before God, you need to say, Lord, I need to come before the cross. I need your power. I need your power to work in me. And for you, you are the one that continues to set me free. Let me pray for us, brothers and sisters. Let's pray together as a church. Let's come before the cross this morning. As we reflect this morning, as we pray, um, can I just ask you all just to, just to be in a place of stillness this morning, um, a place where we can just be still and know that, that he is God. Um, the world laughs at the cross. The world mocks the cross. Um, but we know, as the scripture teaches, that it is for us the very thing that we want to boast about. It is our life. It is our power. It is our freedom. And we come believing. We come believing. Even when the enemy wants to lie to us, even when the world wants to laugh at us, even when the church wants to ridicule us, we believe in the power of the cross to set us free. I just come with a bit of quietness before the Lord for a moment. Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for all the people that are listening this morning. Um, these are just words, Father. These are just words unless, unless your Holy Spirit opens their heart and speaks to them. I pray, Father, for hearts that want to boast only in the cross that want to guard themselves from the glory of human effort, that want to guard themselves from the glory of uh, human works. I pray that you guard them and protect them from deceit and danger to think somehow these, will, these, things, these things will set them free. They will come in faith. They may come humbly. They may come selflessly. They come self-denied before the foot of the cross and experience by faith your great and wonderful love. So, Father, I pray for all that are listening, children, young people, adults, that you may remind them how much you love them and how much you have in store for those who love you. And we just thank you for your blessing on us this morning. Continue to bless the rest of today. And bless, Father God, all that is heard. This morning we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.